ladies and gentlemen. You know, I didn't really have anything planned for this actual intro, so I was just going to completely just improv it. And honestly, I have nothing, but we're back. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Sometimes no plan is better than a plan. Uh, yeah, I'll leave that at that. <laughs> um, in in case um, anyone's actually wondering, I got a new headset, and so now I have a new mic. That's why stuff might sound different, if you can recognize that. I know it picks up a lot more on background noise, which is kind of annoying. So, but whatever. It should be fine. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to jump right into this, but um, Tori Krug. Damn, we're starting starting heavy. Yeah. Um, with each day that passes, it seems more and more unlikely that he will resign. And I don't know if this is me just preparing for a potential life without him, but as the days go on. Also, I find myself talking myself more into being not happy with it, but being okay if that happens. Yeah. Obviously, there are circumstances that would make it better, but yeah. I don't know. I definitely don't think he's back. It's... No. It doesn't seem likely at this point. We haven't. I don't think we've recorded since he posted that picture. No. Oh my god. I'm not. I'm not gonna read that too far into that. But also, it's not like Tori Krug to post a picture without a caption. Yeah, it was just here for context for people that don't know. I don't okay, know when. Never that mind. Was. I take that back. Nope. His last. He's made three posts in a row without a caption. Oh I no. Lied. Oh no. <laughs> but still. <laughs> Um, it's very eerie. What day was that? Uh, September the 9th. Okay, so eight days ago from when we are doing this. He posted just a picture of sort of just the Boston skyline at night. Um, a big flex, basically saying, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. on my boat, guys, <laughs> what's up? Yeah. And... He posted that at like 10 or 11 at night. And like, I remember just opening Instagram. That was the first thing I saw. I was like, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just instantly like, please, no. Uh, but yeah, getting back to what you sort of started to say, I'm kind of in the same boat. And whether that's just because I've been unknowingly trying to prepare for him leaving, but. I don't know, in the last sort of week, I've started to be like, you know what, like, yes, you know, I I would love to see him back as a Bruin with the right deal, but I I think it's more than likely that he's gone, and yes, it's going to hurt the Bruins if it happens, but they'll have a lot of cap space, and, you know, they still have guys on the team who can you know not necessarily fill the power play quarterback role but they can they can certainly fill his, his role um on the second pair with Carlo whether that's Grizzly going there you maybe you bump Chara down Lozan Vakaninen I almost said John Moore but please no uh, but they have guys that can come in and then also they're gonna have the cap space of from not re-signing him and, you know, you take a look at free agency, there are some, I mean, honestly, like a lot of the big, the big name uh, defensemen this offseason are right shot defensemen, which is not typical of the NHL. Normally, it's always a need uh, of teams to get right shot D, but well, now, now there's more right shots and left shots, as far as I can tell, that are at sort of the, the higher Rankings, I, don't, I can't think of what the word is, but I mean, you got Petrangelo, uh, Justin Schultz, Tyson Berry, uh, Sammy Vatanen. Well, TJ Brody is a left shot, but he's he plays both sides. Uh, I've, Cody Cece, if you if you even want to mention him, Chris Tanev, you, you got a lot of 
defensemen on the market. Now, I don't know how many of those I want the Bruins to go for, and I'm, I don't even know if I want them to really go for one, other than maybe Eric Gustafson. But, that's that's the one yeah. that pops out to me. Other than that, it's kind of a bunch of meh. Yeah, like, I don't think they're screwed without Krug. No, and one thing that I was really thinking of is, I'm not trying to minimize it, the only place you're going to miss him, but the main part where they're going to miss him is the power play. But yes. let's look at their power play. The names on that top power play, they'll be more than okay without Krug. And that's, like, Grizzlick won't be able to do nearly anything of what Krug can do. He'll, he'll be okay. He'll Like, if that's who they put on the first power play, assuming they swap lefty for lefty, but I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know if it's my denial talking, but I think they'll be okay if they can bring in some more goal scoring. Yes. I just, I, I don't know. That's, that's the big thing to me is I think at the end of the day, you know, start start in next season whenever that is which we can get into um as long as they get some scoring help like legitimate even strength scoring help that's that'll that'll be good um like how many times is this going to be the issue yeah every every postseason 2017 18 it was how, they couldn't score at five on five. How long did they go against Tampa without a five on five goal from a forward? It was some ungodly amount of time, like three too games long. Or something. And then the Blues. Nah, I guess you could say like that that they 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 were a game away from the cup. Maybe they had enough depth scoring for that playoff run. I mean, but they kind of did, but it, then it kind of dried up. Yeah, and of course Plus, the top no one six. Could do anything in game seven. Yeah, okay, yeah, but the top six didn't have a single five-on-five goal in yeah. that series, unless unless you count Coolman, but you know, he's not your top six winger now. So, and then obviously against Tampa this year, it was uh, wasn't it like they were outshot fourteen or outshot, uh, outscored fourteen to five at five-on-five five in this series? I I don't God I don't know. All I know is that the Yankees... Yankees? Oh, my God. Yankees? I saw the Yankees pop up on my Twitter feed, and I thought Yankees. Um, yeah, you could not mention the Yankees and the Jays right I now, I apologize. Please. Oh, Masahiro Tanaka just put Bo Bichette in the blender. Yep, I see that. <laughs> um, anyways, back to what I was trying to say. God, what was I saying? Okay, the Bruins. Um, oh, my God. They need more scoring. Oh, my God. You didn't know what the exact numbers were for this year of... Uh, the Bruins scoring five on five against uh, Tampa, oh, but then you see, else. yes, but you see what Tampa did. I know they were they weren't free agent signings, but bringing in Barkley Goodrow, and Blake Coleman, uh, Blake Coleman. Though I mean, at the time when I saw that they traded a first round pick for Barkley Goodrow, I think everyone laughed. One hundred percent. I did. I'll, I'm not afraid to admit it, and now I'm like shit. I, like I've said in previous episodes, they need to find their version of that. Who can sw- swing a game? Yes, they need a second line goal scorer, but they need someone with with coil as well. And if that means you know, maybe you let Krug walk. I, as time goes on, I'm more and more okay with it. And I honestly, I never thought I'd be in this position. Yeah, yeah. I obviously I, I I'd like to have him back. You know, he's a great character i love him and martian going back and forth on the height thing that's always incredible but posternock and krug in warm-ups doing their, their oh my god move. who's he gonna spin with himself <laughs> oh, oh my god, god the first game krug back in boston he goes down to the bruins war- uh, end for warm-ups for a quick second they do the spin thing and he skates back over i'd cry please can that happen like please <laughs> like it would be Devastating, but please. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, you mentioned Coleman and Goodrow, and you said you know yeah. the Bruins, you know they need to find one of those guys where it's like you know maybe that looks like an overpayment first, but then they come in, they can change a game. They're really solid. That's so wise. much easier said than done. I'm, I'm, I'm completely like, I'm not trying to say it's easy, but I mean, haven't they done it before? 
Coyle last year, that was a home run of a trade. Yeah. But then this year, Heinen for Richie, one for one. And I mean, who knows? Maybe Richie would have been a lot better in a non-pandemic world, but um, we're in a pandemic, so so we don't know. And maybe Kasha is the same, where if he actually had a, you know, gotten to training camp with Pasternak, then who hmm. knows? But they didn't. And so, you know, I obviously still want to give both Kasha and Richie a chance, but, you know, you also want to create some more competition for that spot. So, you know, if you, if you let Krug walk in, okay, this is this is sort of a side note, but it is it is still related to this. I was looking through cap friendly armchair GMs, which is never a good start to a sentence. Oh, and oh man, I saw someone have the Bruins let Krug walk. They signed Debrusque three years at four mil, which sure, it's it, you know it's, it's not it's, it realm of it possibility. No. <laughs> But then they signed Mike Hoffman three years, eight point two five per. Which nothing against Mike Hoffman, but Mike Hoffman is not an eight million dollar player. I could see him maybe getting seven to a team that like desperately needs scoring help, but like also is sort of just like in the middle of the pack. Eight does not happen, and the max I would. I would want to see the Bruins give him his six. I think Hoffman definitely could be, can't go much more than that. No, I think Hoffman, you know, could be pretty damn good on the Bruins. He has a great shot. You, you know, maybe you can. So, something I did think of is McAvoy on the top unit, and you put Hoffman on that top unit too. So it's like you you do take Krug out, like you take the left shot of Krug out, but then you do put Hoffman in while you're putting McAvoy there. And then obviously Krejci goes to the second unit. I don't see him staying on the first unit, even, you know, regardless of Krug. Um, but, like, all we're doing right now is it's just hypotheticals. And, oh, I mean, yeah. granted, that's all we can do. But, yeah, please don't give Mike Hoffman $8 million. That's going to be back as V2. Oh, maybe maybe not that bad. But Okay, no, it, it wouldn't be that bad because, like, Hoffman can still play, but... But the question is, he's about to turn 31. Yep. So that's also a thing in terms what is of it with, term length. What is it with people and wanting to acquire um, players that are getting older who have massive contracts? Or signing players that are getting older to massive contracts? And that was a transition into Oliver ekman Larson. So, Elliot Friedman, 31 thoughts. Um said that the Bruins have checked in on Oliver Ackman Larson. And hmm. I- I'm assuming you saw that, right? Uh in Elliot Friedman's thirty one thoughts? Well, yeah. Yeah. because I, I didn't know if you saw any more or if I didn't see something. But oh, yeah, no, 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 I saw I saw the thirty one thoughts where it's just Boston among several teams to check in on him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that would be such a complete waste of eight million in space. Yep. Yeah. They, like here. Obviously, you, he's a great player. He is. That ain't their. But need to build on their weakness. I don't. I don't know. I he's had a, like I, I've, I remember someone brought it up, like OEL to the Leafs. Like earlier during the playoffs, and now to the Leafs. Yeah, oh my god! And I remember, like, some people brought up some like advanced stats and stuff. And OEL has, you know, I think it was like what sixteen, seventeen when people were like, "Oh my god, OEL is so underrated." And now, what normally hap, you know, it's doing what normally happens when a player gets called underrated. Now it seems like he's overrated to me. Um. Granted, he plays for Arizona, so take that as you will. But his his numbers have been down in the last two years. And yes, he is still a good player. But $8.25 million until he is 36? No, thank you. That's too risky. No, you can't do and that. I know he's, he's almost cap space like, more soon, but 
that's going to get taken up with McAvoy, Carl, you know, everyone needing an extension eventually, but I don't like the idea of taking taking 8.8 oh my god, I forget what it was, but 8 million, whatever it was, for that long, especially with that age, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'm, I don't even know what that would require to give up. Exactly that. They that would too. Have to give up a roster forward, for sure. One hundred percent, and maybe even you don't want to do a defenseman like a Grizzlick. Grizzlick, Lausanne. That's what you can't do. You can't take away from. That's what I never get understand in the off seasons for the last couple of years. It's trade DeBrusque, trade this. It's like why would you take away an already top contending team to add somewhere else. Just like how I don't get people were saying like last year, trade Krug, he's just got one year left, blah, blah, blah. Like you're trying to win. Why would you subtract? Like, ugh, people in the off season make my head hurt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get Certainly. it. You know, people have all their reactionary takes and whatnot, oh, but, yeah. but, uh I give the reactionary excuse take until two weeks after a team has been eliminated. Then it's realism time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. It's just... I mean, we can get into it. Um, did you see the Jake DeBrusque thing? That, that um, I, I don't remember. If, who, I saw one yeah, who tweet was, about how... Yeah, the Bruins have been looking at trading... Jake DeBrusque, apparently, according to Kevin Allen. Um, and are you talking about the account that tweeted it? Possibly Chris Cote. Yes. That also account has 1,187 followers. I don't know who Kevin Allen is. I don't. He is a. He's an American sports journalist and author. He was the national hockey writer for USA Today from 1986 to December 2019. He is now freelancing. As a reporter, Allen broke the news of Mario Lemieux coming out of retirement to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, so maybe he has some inside sources. Uh, okay. So <laughs> just, he granted, that was his line earlier, and he tweeted, Here are some surprising players in the marketplace. Left wing Jake DeBrusque, Boston Bruins. It seems as if the Bruins are leaning towards trading restricted free agent DeBrusque 23 rather than awarding him a hefty raise. It is perplexing, given that DeBrusque has 62 goals over his first three seasons. The Hurricanes, Predators, and Stars are are among teams shopping for scorers. DeBrusque is also young enough to fit into the Red Wings and Devils rebuild. My question is, how how can the Stars be shopping Uh, for scorers during the finals? Uh, Yeah, that one, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. That's a good segue for the next one. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it is, but... I, okay, I'm not done with DeBrusque. Um, oh, me neither. I was like, just saying for when the time oh, yeah. comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, the Bruins need forwards who can score, and I get it. Jake DeBrusque is insanely streaky and inconsistent. That is completely true, and. No one denies that. But he's 23 years old. He's fourth in goals on the Bruins since he joined the team behind Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. They need scoring help up front. Don't subtract from that. Yeah, sure. If a team, if Winnipeg comes at you and they're like, "Hey, we'll give you Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine for Jake DeBrusque," yeah, sure, you do that. But that is some video game, just dumb trade. Like that, nothing. Like that's not realistic. Don't subtract from a position in which you need help. Like I saw people, you know, say, "Oh, go trade DeBrusque for like Tony D'Angelo or another right shot defenseman." No. No. That makes complete sense, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just... uh, It's so tiring. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense to trade DeBrusque. 
and it doesn't make sense to trade for OEL, especially because of how much Ekman Larson would cost on top of the $8 million. Yeah. You said it perfectly. Thank you. Um, still sort of on the idea of UFAs and, you know, signing stuff. Uh, Alex Petrangelo and, and the Blues. Um, from what I've been seeing from some of the bigger NHL reporters, uh, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't look... You know, I'm, I'm not saying, obviously, he's not going to re-sign in St. Louis, but sort of the same with Krug. Like, each day that passes, it seems more and more unlikely, especially because there are actually actual reports coming out about Petrangelo, that he might not be re-signing in, in uh, St. Louis. And now, <laughs> now I ask you this question. Yeah. Actually, two. So, do you think he's going to re-sign in St. Louis? Okay, so we talked about this last episode. They got $5 million in cap space projected for this offseason. They'd have to do some shuffling. I think it's just too murky of a situation to say he will, so I'm saying he's gone. So you're saying he's gone? Yep. Okay. Now, I've done this in NHL. Um, so you know so. it's really. Oh yeah, so it's completely realistic. <laughs> now I'm not saying, oh yeah, go out and sign him, but if that were to happen, if Petrangelo goes free agency and you're Don Sweeney, you have to call him, right, and at least see what he wants. I mean, it's Alex Petrangelo. Like, Check you, in on him. See yeah. What you want. Yeah, I'm not saying you know fully pursue him and you know clear everything to be able to do yeah, that. Do but... whatever you need to do to get him, but. But like. Yeah. I mean, if if the team had a right side of Petrangelo, McAvoy, and Carlo, I <laughs> that... <laughs> I don't even know how I'd react. I I would freak out if that happened. And honestly, I think in that case, oh my god, I, I'm just trying to think of like the defensive pairs for that. And you probably just put Petrangelo on the left side with McAvoy, and you just play that pairing for half of the game actually <laughs> you have Petrangelo McAvoy and then everyone else <laughs> uh we can dream we can dream hey at least he'd be able to score a clutch goal in a game seven of the Stanley Cup final in, in Boston hmm maybe he probably wouldn't just because it's the Bruins but whatever yeah that's fair doing a good thing for the Bruins so. but yeah for the Bruins I think we're both on the same page. I think a lot of people should be. You know, if Krug walks, which it's it seems pretty likely that he will, just get scoring help. Even if you re-sign Krug, try to find a way to add another forward who can score. You know, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's someone random that has had a down year, and you're like, all right, here we'll give you a shot. You know, Alex Galchenyuk comes to mind, um, but. You you gotta find more scoring help, because this this team can't seem to do it in the playoffs. Thank God we're not general managers, huh? Oh yeah, thank God. Oh, I wouldn't want that paycheck. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I wouldn't want How that much responsibility. How does Don even make? Uh, well, I remember uh, Bill Armstrong, right? That's who just signed as Arizona's GM. Yeah. Uh, I think Drager said that he has a five-year deal and he's making a million dollars per each year. And of course, that's that's his first time as GM, so I'm assuming Sweeney makes probably at least one and a half in comparison to that. One and a half or more. How much do you, uh, think, how much do you think Peter Shirelli made, his, made in his career? A lot. And how much do you think he's going to make when a team inevitably gets him as their GM in the next few years? Semi a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. It's the NHL. For GMs and coaches, they just swap out the same, like, 50 people. <laughs> that's that's what happens every single time. <laughs> I mean, LaViolette's now the Caps coach. Gallant's... That I, I mean, he's going somewhere. Me. I mean, Babcock was 
interviewed by was, the Caps. I was hoping. Yeah. Hoping Mike Babcock would become the coach of the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I mean, him and Ovi. Oh, it'd, it'd be, oh, it'd be so entertaining how bad that would go. Oh. It would be so Leafs-like, though, for the Capitals to win Completely. a cup. <laughs> just show that it wasn't Babcock's fault. It was all just Toronto. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. But, hey, Sheldon Keefe can do it, so. Oh, 100%. I thought when even when he was fired, I was like, they're scapegoating the fuck out of him. Yep. Are you sure he deserves some of the blame? Yeah, oh, he played on. he played Patrick Marlowe's like so much in I don't blame him. The what, twenty nineteen game seven? Yeah. Uh yeah, I sh- I I really wanted to see Babcock in Washington. That that would have been just peak comedy, but sadly that did not happen. Also, I wanted to see Pierre Maguire be the Coyotes GM, because he was interviewed for that and I think that would have been hilarious. The memes for that. Oh, it would have been so good. And then we also wouldn't have to hear him. <laughs> he True. Wouldn't, he wouldn't That's give any random one. facts on, you know, some random place in the States on where someone grew up. And then, oh, that'd be so good. Nice. But sadly, it's not happening. Um, I know you did say, you know, you had the segue into Dallas for the cup final, but also sort of sort of a thing is the NHL for next season no one really knows when that's going to happen um at this point i'm i'm thinking it's probably going to be after the new year i know they sort of tentatively have it set for december um but especially with uh the world juniors uh it was announced today that they're going to be held in the edmonton bubble and of course that starts boxing day and goes like a few days after new year's now sure edmonton can go on like a two-week road trip but i can tell you they won't be using that bubble and i don't think they're gonna be using a bubble at all like that yeah Uh, lord only knows man (laughs) yeah I, i don't know it's I'm assuming, you know, a free agency is what, October 9th? Is that what it's set for? Yes, it's October 9th because the draft is the 6th and 7th. Yeah. So then they give them two-ish months. You know, maybe that's, I mean, at that point, two months from October 9th is the start of December. So maybe you have training camps there and then you start around Christmas time. I don't know. It's, there's no way teams are going to do a bubble again. So it's it's going to be, you know, the NHL. I mean, it's already been said that the NHL is going to be monitoring the NFL and what they're doing because they they don't have a bubble. They just have everyone traveling around everywhere. And only some places have fans, but that's like a state by. I see the Cowboys are going to be allowed to have fans Ooh. this weekend. This weekend? <laughs> yep. Good luck with that. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to fucking lose anyways, but... <laughs> um... <laughs> Am I the only one that felt like this football season, like in terms of media coverage for how they're going to, like with the MLB, they were clear about how they're going to do it. Their return to play plans, NHL to NBA, obviously, because they're midseason. But I feel like there was no communication from the league to the media, to fans, to anything about how they plan on, you know, rolling through things couldn't talk yeah i i genuinely don't remember seeing much until like a week before the season when i decided to look into it i was like yeah how are they how exactly are they doing this oh yeah no they're just they're just not doing anything really like they're testing sure but they're not they're not really doing much it, they're sort of just doing what the mlb is doing where it's like hey we're gonna travel around still and do everything and uh uh, cases, those are gonna happen, but pff, I don't know. I don't know. 
it's it's gonna happen for the NHL too. I I don't see a way in which they do another bubble. There's no way. Yeah, no one's gonna want to do that. No, and I I don't blame them. Yeah, I could like can imagine how difficult it is being away. You know, like playoffs is one thing because that kind of gives you the extra motivation. But if it's just like a regular season, that especially is probably even added toughness on leaving your family. But I like I couldn't imagine being in the position of even your family for a month and not even be able to see them like that is tough especially you know with all the craziness and stuff in this fucking world then it's like okay regular season hockey time you guys just lost like say if it's the stars slash tampa slash islanders you guys just lost in the finals okay time to leave your family again regular season hockey let's go yeah it's it's not gonna happen like, especially because, you know, even if they do condense the regular season, let's say, let's say, I like, let's say they condense it to 41 games. You know, they just cut it in half, which uh, that does not seem to be their plan at all. They've been sort of uh, consistent with saying that they want to still do an 82 game season, which great. Um, but even if, even if they went down to 41 games, I mean... What teams so far in these playoffs have played like 18-ish and they've been there coming up on two months. So then you add in a regular season with all 31 teams and you know, 41 games in the regular season and then, you know, 20 plus games in the playoffs. It's too unrealistic to ask that of anyone, and the Players Association would never agree to that. Yeah. And it, I don't even think that's the NHL's plan anyways. I think it's it's going to have to be something like... Like, they're, they just travel around, which then comes to the issue of the Canadian teams. I don't know if they'll be more lenient to that point, and who knows what, you know, cases around the world, well, in North America, will look like at that point. But, yeah. There's not too much we can really (laughs) figure out there. Um, All right, do you want to... Which which one do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the trades and signings, or do you want to go with um, the the new Tim Thomas? Go to the new Tim Thomas. He deserves it. All right. So, well, actually, here, why don't, why don't you tell me? Uh, uh, t- who, who's who's the new who's the new Tim Thomas? Well, the legend, the absolute king from. Okay, give me a second. I'm gonna try to pronounce where he was born. Ust Dash Kamenogorsk, Kazakhstan. Anton Hudobin, ladies and gentlemen. Dobby. Former Bruins legend. <laughs> Two tours of duty with the Bruins. The Bruins re- revitalized his career, I'm not afraid to say that. And now he's taken over Ben Bishop. I mean, to be fair, and, Bishop was hurt, but... Yeah. Actually, I think he still is, because I think Edinger's... Didn't he play once and then up. was... Yeah, yeah he played yeah, once, played and then once he got and lit then. up and was, like, re-injured. Quote, re-injured, quote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Anton Udobin, he's, I'm so happy that he's succeeding. I was very sad when he left the Bruins after the 2017-18 season, Mm -hmm. because he was a, he played really good that season, and he's just a character. When he was mic'd up on Behind the B, and I remember one time, it was closer to Christmas on one of the episodes, and he went to like a obviously Christmas shopping and stuff. He's just a funny guy. And, oh, it's, he also, like, obviously he can play too, so good for him. He gets yeah. paid, he goes to Dallas, and now he's four wins away from being a Stanley Cup champion and not a Black A Stanley Cup champion like he was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Wait, was it, wasn't he? Yes. On that? Yeah, he was. Okay. I just got... I just got so confused because oh okay, I I see it now. 
because he was on the Providence Bruins 2010-2011, but it also said he was on the Wild in 2010-2011, so that confused the shit out of me for about 10 seconds. Oh. <laughs> they must have traded for him. I don't remember how he got to the Bruins, but anyways, that's not important. The important thing is he's four wins away from a Stanley Cup. I am here for it. I Yeah, I'm 100% here for it. I And... Sorry, you go, you go, you oh, go. Okay. Well, no, I was just gonna say like, it's he he when he didn't resign with the Bruins and then the Bruins signed Halak, I was like, you know, obviously I was interested to see what Halak was doing, but but like at that point I was like, ah man, that sucks to lose Hudobin. Now obviously Halak has been an amazing backup for Rask, and you know so there's no complaints there. But at the time I was like, man. That sucks, especially because, yeah, you know, Hudobin was, you know, so much fun as a Bruin. Obviously, he's still been so much fun with the stars. And... All right, you see the random gifts and the random oh, yeah. clips that would be tweeted out on just a regular season Tuesday night. Yep. Oh, that shit made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's such a fun guy. And, I mean, if anyone, you know, is, is if any one of these teams that is still left, Dallas, the Islanders, or Tampa... Dallas all the freaking Oh yeah, I'm 100% going for the stars. I think even if you don't like Sagan, you got you got to cheer for the stars because one Hudobin and two well, two two and three, I guess. Uh no Tampa, please and thank you and I don't want boring Isles hockey. So. <laughs> and back to how we started this segment off about the new Tim Thomas. Well, Tyler Sagan I'm pretty sure this was after the Stars had clinched and advanced uh, in an interview. Uh, Tyler Sagan said, he reminds me of a guy named Tim Thomas a little bit. And I actually, like, I'm not trying to be like, I thought of that first. But like a couple years ago, I was actually thinking their play styles are very similar in terms of flailing flailing around, diving around, being very un positionally sound <laughs> yeah i think i think you know hudobin's a little more structured than tim thomas like tim thomas and dominic hossack are like the same where it's just pure chaos and you know i think i think hudobin is a little more structured but like they are yeah they are pretty similar and then obviously sort of they're just both the, out there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously sort of just like the factor of you know, sort of older guys who'd open 34 where, you know, they never have really had much of a starting chance. And then, you know, they, Hudobin was kind of ushered into the starting job when Bishop was hurt. I mean, Tim Thomas won it over Rask. Um, but then they're, they're coming in the playoffs and they're playing amazing for, for sort of a scrappy team. And, uh, I mean, on to the cup final, and oh man, I hope he wins. I hope, I hope Hudobin wins that. I really do. God, Tim Thomas was what thirty-seven when he won the cup. Oh yeah, it was something stupid like that. I just looked it up. He's forty-six now. When you minus, yep. you subtract the year. Wow, that's uh, crazy. I forgot okay. about that. I thought he was like maybe thirty-two. Are you are you still on Tim Thomas's page or whatever? Yep, University of Vermont. What a king. Okay, okay. Well, I was going to say, uh, don't look at its draft unless you already have. That's kind of depressing. 1994 and ninth round by the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah. That shows you how his picture on hockey DB. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's with the stars. Yeah, that that was um that was a parallel that I saw. Like, the three people in the Sagan quote, Thomas Hudobin and obviously Sagan. Um, the trifecta. Yeah, they were all on the Bruins, and then they eventually got to the Stars. Just, just random, but like, oh man, oh, what a time to be alive! <laughs> now, oh. oh, what? Uh, breaking news: Noah Dobson will make his postseason debut for the New all York right, Islanders. I thought, I thought you were about to announce something that was actually notable. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> Listen, I I was I was expecting sort of a a trade or a signing or yeah. something. I I always want that to. Ha- I don't think that's ever happened to us yet, where something is like broken while we've been 
recording. What like game I, was it where we started recording while they were getting? Was it the Canucks game? It was the Canucks getting, game. Yeah, where yeah. they were getting slammed. We, dunked we on. started during like the <laughs> second period, and we just did it, especially because that game started at like nine or ten, and we <laughs> we just started during the second period because we were like, "There's there's no point. They've lost this game." Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, I remember just sitting here recording and just having the game on. Like, it felt so weird, but... Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was over that, it. When was that? I, I gotta Google that. Um, 9-3. February 22nd. So, seven months ago. <laughs> Jeez. Uh... Anyways, so yeah, Dallas, Dallas is in the Cup final. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Islanders are doing or starting Game Six, sort of as we're speaking. I don't see a way in which the Islanders win this series. No offense, but I think it's Tampa's year. Um, something else that happened in the last two weeks since we've recorded. Um. Do you want to tell me about a, a certain coach? Um, your, I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. Your voice cut out. All I heard was something, something, certain coach. Do you want to tell me about a certain coach? <laughs> Which ones? There are a lot of them. Uh, one that might have recently won an award. So you're saying a decent <laughs> coach. Yeah, uh, a great coach, you might say. Couldn't be Bruce Cassidy, because clearly he's not a good coach. Maybe uh, Sheldon Keith, he took over. He's probably, he probably won an award. These fans were all ready for him. He was the best. Oh, yeah, of course. He got praised from day one. It was like, ah, he's going to be our savior. Uh, good times, good times. But yes, uh, um. Bruce Cassidy. Uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Christopher. Bruce Cassidy won the Jack Adams, which... Cool. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too noble. I was like, yeah, good job, Bruce. Like, he's certainly deserving of it. Um, what a guy. And I think a lot of people are using recency bias because uh, they were like, oh, my God, Tortorella should have won it. Oh, oh my God. Uh, uh, crap. Vigneault should have won it. I mean, said, oh, crap. I mean, sure, but I Tortorella, you don't even know if Columbus was going to make the playoffs in a normal year. Um, and then Vigneault, I can see the case for, but um, Cassidy, of course, the Bruins were, what, second in the league last year in points, I think. At least mm -hmm. second in the East. Um, and they went all the way to the cup final, of course lost in june and then anyways despite that and despite the you know sort of lack of rest compared to the rest of the league they still came back and won the president's trophy they were the only team to reach 100 points and obviously that was helped by posternock having 48 goals and rask having a that great was year cool. <laughs> yeah and Marshaw, you know being close to 100 points but ultimately, it also comes down to coaching. And, you know, Cassidy is certainly deserving of that. And also, like, in the grand scheme of things, who really cares? <laughs> right? Like, it's it's an NHL award. So. Yeah, people get too upset over those. Like, okay, I can understand, you know, maybe for the bigger ones, like Hart, Vesna, Like, the ones like that. But the Jack Adams, like... Oh, Guriel just hit a homer. Cool. Um, Didn't ask. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Your Yankees are winning, so chill. <laughs> now, do you want to do you want to mention a certain center? Sean Couturier. Um, no, I meant uh, the guy who actually should have won the Selkie. Patrice Bergeron. Oh, me. No. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly. No, no, sorry. I mean, um. The guy that got a second place vote, Nolachari. <laughs> you got a second place vote. Nolachari got a second place vote. Um, Austin <laughs> Matthews. Austin Matthews got a first place vote. All right, I'm looking now. 
Nick Benino got a first place vote. Hello, yeah. our Tim and Aaron got a first place vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I've... noted noted defensive player Artemi Panarin. <laughs> yeah, uh, at at this point, that's that's why I don't care too much about the awards. When I see Austin Matthews getting a a first place vote for the Selkie, which nothing against Matthews, he's solid defensively, but he should not. He's not in the same caliber. No. I don't know how anyone could put him first, like no matter year. No. No, like put Kachuria ahead of him, put Ryan O'Reilly ahead of him, put Bergeron, put Mark Stone, like anyone. <laughs> Even Marshawn. I think Marshawn finished, what was it, ninth in voting? Yeah, he had a first place vote from someone. Okay. He's more deserving of that than uh, Matthews for sure. Than Sean that's... Kachuria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Kachuria. I, uh, I feel okay. like this. Sorry. Again. Okay, well, okay. I was going to say Kachuria deserved it last year more than he did this mm-hmm. year. Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly were a lot better than Couturier this year. Ooh. What were you going to say? I was just going to say about, like, obviously you had three different players, three different teams. Obviously the winner was their fan base was, yeah, he deserves it. No question. You guys can't even argue this. And then the other two fan bases, well, my guy deserved it. He was clearing away this whatever Selkie winner. You should have won it. I feel like this is the one award that it's not like so black and white. You have to really watch these players night in, night out to get a feel for if they deserve it. Because not every defensive play shows up on the stat sheet. Sure, you got your face-off wins, which I know that's usually the... Yeah, a lot of the times that's what it is. Yeah, it's like which po- it's a takes, combination of points and face-off yeah, percentage, which then takes any wingers out of consideration. And there are yeah. there are two okay, there are two definitive wingers who I could see, uh, who would be like deserving of the Selkie. Nick Ritchie and Brett Ritchie. Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, to mention them somehow. We had gone yeah, long enough without mentioning them. That that's fair. I I want a, I want Mark Stone to win it one year. He deserves it. He is an amazing phenomenal. two-way forward. And I I see a lot of people calling him overrated, and I I think it's still the opposite. I, I feel like he's still underrated, and people don't talk about him enough as a top-ten winger in the league. You know, just because he doesn't score 50 goals and put up 100 points each year doesn't mean he's not an amazing player. Just imagine he was on yep. Toronto or oh, some... Oh. Oh, I thought some other. I thought well, you were going to talk about yeah. Sure, yes, but they were rumored to be in on him for, um, back what, twenty eighteen, nineteen, yeah, eighteen, nineteen, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, no. Mark Stone is criminally underrated. Um. I just randomly saw this on my timeline, but um. Oh, that can never be good. Well, no, no. I it just it just it was from one of the other games. Uh, yeah. Did you see when Pajot was like on a partial breakaway for the empty net and Kucherov yep. was behind him? Yeah. What was that? Like genuinely, what was that? Like Kucherov just hacks and slashed at him. Then he gives like a two hand, like he's swinging for the fences at Pajot's legs. Like it's so garbage. Yeah. And it's the end of the game, so it doesn't matter. And the NHL yeah, no, doesn't do anything about it. Trying to chop down a tree or something. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, oh, Braden Point is in for Tampa Bay. Oh, damn it. We don't have Elliot Freeman tweeting no point for Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, um, Nick Bukestad got traded to Minnesota for nothing. And... Similarly, Eric Stahl got traded to Buffalo for Marcus Johansson, Bruins legend. That's a win for Buffalo right there. One, what? Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I doubted myself. 100%. Nothing against Johansson. <laughs> so used to saying win for Buffalo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't say that. So that's just... actually, actually, yes, we do. This time of the year, we normally do. <laughs> Early on oh, in yeah. the season, We're yes. We're hyping so... them up, and then by November, it's oh, yeah. still Buffalo. Yeah. Well. But no, those those were some questionable trades, and I think the answer to those questions is 
there, there was a pandemic that happened. I don't know if, well, if that happened. There's a pandemic happening still. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, and uh, as a result, teams have not been making money. So they're doing whatever they can to sort of, you know, cut their cap space. And I know a lot of teams are running on an internal cap and Jay's just tied the game. Um, and so it's, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of dumb trades this offseason. And I can't wait for it because it's going to be some stupid trades. They're going to make no sense in any other context other than pandemic. But, I mean, they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> um... uh, yeah, but... What's worse, going from Minnesota to Buffalo or going from Buffalo to Minnesota? Which one's the upgrade, would you say? I would say... These are both very cold cities in typical hockey season. I would say it's better to go from Buffalo to Minnesota. Yeah. Especially because it looks like Minnesota has somewhat of a future, maybe. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. And just because I think, like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm sticking with the Minnesota. Yeah, I'm sticking with Minnesota. Um, I, I just think St. Paul is probably be- a better city than Buffalo. And no offense, but like, the state of Minnesota as a whole is definitely better than. Yeah, Buffalo and New York. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no offense. uh, Definitely two cold cities. Yeah. So I mean, it's so weird to see how I don't know if he was necessarily highly touted, but Marcus, you know, people were kind of looking forward to seeing what he could do after that playoff run with the Bruins, and then he signs in Buffalo, has a down (laughs) year, and now he shipped off to Minnesota. I mean, I still think he can have a good bounce back year with Minnesota. Who he'll play with, I don't fucking know. <laughs> who who is on that wild team anymore? Ryan Donato and Marcus Johansson. Hey, isn't Charlie Clough? Oh, hey, that fifth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> fifth round pick. Oh God. I don't know. I. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else I had to add. I thought of something and then it just completely left. I don't know. <laughs> Quick counterpoint. I think adding Eric Stahl for the Sabres could be very good. Obviously. I think I think it's going to be good, uh, but it, it's... It ain't by, enough. Yeah, no. By no means is it enough. <laughs> they need to still help literally every position. <laughs> yeah. But it's a start, at least. You know what? It's, it's a start making... for one year until he leaves in free agency. Why do I feel like he's gonna retire? <laughs> um, just like goodbye. Wait, after he like after this year in Buffalo or like now? Just now. <laughs> oh no, I Elliot Friedman said in Thirty One Thoughts that he's he's gonna report to Buffalo. Damn. Well, I I, <laughs> I know it would have been funny. It. Leave but... me alone. <laughs> would have been funny, but no. Okay, so I was. I was looking at the Buffalo Sabres just now on Cap Friendly. I was uh, like, wow, they have $34 million in cap space. Yeah, that's because they have four forwards have under four contract. four forwards <laughs> un- under contract. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. that but just stole my thunder. I saw that a few days ago, and I just started laughing. Like, that's awful. How how yeah. do you only have four forwards signed? Like, how have you not already had negotiations with your players? You've been off for six months. <laughs> that is surprising. Yeah. But, I mean, at least you're paying Jeff Skinner $9 million. Oh, yeah, completely worth it. Imagine paying Jeff Skinner $3 million more than Brad Marchand. <laughs> and, hey, and Patrice Bergeron and David Pollock. Don't forget. Isn't it crazy to think that David Krejci's the highest paid player on the Bruins? Kind like, of Just is. when you think about it, like, like, especially as, like, a if you're a... Neutral fan? Like, yeah. Sort of someone on the outside? Like some random fan on some random team. You're like, oh, well, Patrice Bergeron must be the most paid player. Or that young goal scorer. No, it's David Krejci. He was making $7 million. I mean, good for Krejci, dude. He's getting loaded. 
Oh yeah. But it's gonna be so nice to have that contract come off the books. That's a conversation for another day. But... Yeah, I hope he uh, takes a discount. Uh, oh, he absolutely back. will. There's... Yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a way that he doesn't. I don't <laughs> show him on a piece of paper his like, no, paycheck no. stubs for the last seven years <laughs> and be like, listen, you've taken all we've had. Please take like a million. They're gonna just pull up his career earnings on Cap Friendly and just say, "Okay, Kretsch, you've made seventy million dollars, so take a paycheck or pay cut now, please, so we can reassign everyone else." Oh God, yeah, we don't talk enough about that off season too. Like I know this one's bad enough, you know, you have Grizzly, Chara, Krupp, DeBrusque, um, but then that off season, Rask, Rask expires, Halak expires. Carlos an RFA with arbitration rights. Um, Corrali is a UFA. I think he's gone. Uh, Nick Ritchie's an RFA. Andre Kosh is an RFA. And Krejci's a UFA. And then the year after that, Bergeron's UFA. And then the year after that, Pasternak's a UFA. I'm scared. just thinking forward to the day uh, where yeah. 33, 37, 46, 40. Who am I missing? 63 are not being worn. Not looking forward to it, as in no excitement, but but like you know inevitability. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, they better retire th- all those numbers. Imagine they all like like possible for the oldest like Chara, but imagine they all retire the same year. Please, and they have like one massive okay. retirement yeah. ceremony. Dude, I I just thought about oh. that of like of like Marshall and Bergeron having one together. Just that would oh. make me cry. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, easily. The amount of money I'd pay for a ticket to that, assuming you know tickets are a thing again at some point yeah. in this world. But I wonder if I wonder if any, any teams can have a retirement ceremony in front of no fans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's raise your number to the rafters of this empty arena. Yeah. Oh my god. It's literally just the general manager and like Patrice Bergeron six feet away. <laughs> 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 oh god um it's even like that small like it's not small but like the random shit that you're like damn that's like not a thing anymore mm-hmm. it's crazy i hate it anyways yeah. um or right, 57 minutes you want to get on to questions we have yeah we probably should i mean wait ones. let's do a prediction what let's do a prediction islanders bolts game six starting now who wins Hmm. Uh, I mean, Tampa. Islanders force a game seven. I'm calling it. Oh, okay. And if they force a game seven, what happens? I think I said the same thing about the Bruins and Lightning, but if this goes seven, the team coming back is going to win it. I think. Islanders will, if they win tonight, they will win game seven because of momentum. And plus, I mean, Semyon Varlamov in game five, 36 saves and 37 shots. Tam- That's what okay. you need if you're good. I mean, yeah, but can I just say that game was no. awful. That was so boring. I didn't watch. Okay. All I know is Johnny Boychuk ate pucks. Dude, the Islanders had like 20 shots in a double overtime game. I'm not surprised. Like, it was so boring. I was just waiting for someone to score. <laughs> like, oh, it, it was awful. But that's that's uh, that's Isles hockey. Mm-hmm. Anyways, gotta love it. Uh, question. Uh, Brian at Abba Seven. Uh, do you think Cassidy should put young guys in the lineup more, like Stud, Nika, Frederick, Coolman, instead of playing grinders on the fourth line? Yes and no. <laughs> it depends on where. Yeah, I think. That if it makes sense, then maybe be open to doing it. But just because they're a young guy and, you know, there's a lot of hype around him from the fan base, from the media, from even maybe your own expectations, you can't just put him in. He's got to earn it as well. There's got to be that fine balance of giving him some leash, but not, you know, letting him off leash, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like, I think Stanika makes the team. Like I think he's oh, almost yeah. a lock for that, unless. My God, I hope so. Unless, oh, 
imagine the Bruins go out and get like Toffoli or something, and then they'd yeah. have the top line obviously, and then DeBrusque, Craigie, Toffoli, Bjork, Coyle, Kasha, Stadnika, Richie, Corrali, Nord, uh, well, Wagner, Lindholm. <laughs> um, someone's getting moved if they get a like definitive yeah. top six winger, and it's probably Bjork. I like couple years ago i was very adamant on wanting stud to develop as a center but i mean i needs, i he think he looks so good with coil on the wing yeah i think it uh, it's probably going to be sort of what happened with bergeron sort of start on the wing to get that nhl experience and then sort of move over to center once you know once that option is actually available because when you have bergeron Krejci, coil down the middle you're not going to get like unless you want yeah. Stanika on the fourth line, God, no. yeah, no. What a what a group to learn from. Oh yeah. So Bergeron, Krejci, Coil. That's I I love that for his development. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, like I I'm not I'm not thrilled about him playing on the wing because it does hurt his center development, but. You're behind Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle. You, you're going to be able to learn enough from them, and you know, obviously, it's it's not the same position by any means, but like, still forwards, center and wing, they're not completely different. And like at that it, at this point, I think Studnika knows how to play center. Crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to lose that if he plays a year at the wing. So. Uh, all right. Other question. Uh, will at Charlie go to void? Oh no no. <laughs> oh, I hope he hears that. Um, <laughs> who are some players you'd like to see the Bruins get this off season? I'm gonna start with you. Good one. Mike Hoffman or a similar player for not too much. Maybe an Eric Gustafson if things work. Yeah, I I want a a player. Sort of like Mike Hoffman, um, Tyler Toffoli potentially. Uh, oh my God, who else? Who else is a UFA? Okay, listen, I've seen people. I've seen people float the idea, which I think at this point is is unrealistic. But I mean, it's a possibility because it's the NHL. Crazier things have happened. You know, Krug walks, then you have a bunch of cap space. Taylor Hall. I would not. There's. I would not mind that. There's one scenario in which I think a fit for Taylor Hall in Boston works, and that's if if the Bruins are first able to sign, you know, Grizzly, Chara, DeBrusque mm-hmm. to, you know, semi decent deals, and you got maybe nine, eight million dollars. Maybe you could throw him a one year deal, or th- literally the rest of your cap space for the season. Because just just throw I'm, him all your money. You know, literally, because if I'm Taylor Hall. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna maximize your dollars in this offseason. That is true. What twenty eight? Maybe you take that one year, absolutely destroy with you know, Krejci and DeBrusque. That uh, I don't even. Oh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I get too excited. But yeah, could you imagine like like that? Like it's not too far out there, I don't think. But obviously, I don't think that'll happen. But I make it sound good in my head. Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely, and it's more just of a. Oh, and the Islanders already scored. Really? Who? Devon Taves. That's what the notification told me. So if it's not accurate, don't blame me. Yeah, um, I'm blaming you. Not. But yeah. Um. I would very much like to see Hall as a Bruin. I, I it's just not realistic. I don't. It, yeah, it's it's sort it's sort of the same thing of I would very much like to see Alex Petrangelo as a Boston Bruin, but it is also very not. Realistic. I'd rather see Taylor Hall as a Bruin than Petrangelo. Don't at. Wait, what did I just hear? I'd rather Taylor Hall than Alex Petrangelo. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. The Bruins need forward help, and not not so much on D. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, yeah. So Hoffman to Foley. Uh, there aren't really many sort of big names. Dadnov to Dodonov, whichever way you want to say it. Um, and then the only the only defenseman I'm really interested in is Eric Gustafson and maybe TJ Brody. And that's yeah, yeah. I all the names out of my mouth. <laughs> all right um on that note then that's that's all we got for this one um i know i know the last time that we did one of these we we're like oh yeah we'll record probably like twice in the conference finals and well that just didn't happen um but maybe know, if I, there's I, a game seven we'll make that come true <laughs> <laughs> maybe um i know probably like at least once during the during the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, and then probably you know take like a week off, and then it's draft free agency. So I know we'll be doing one after the draft, and then one after free agency. You know, assuming we're somehow not super busy early October, um, and then uh, sort of have off season. We'll figure out what we're doing then. That's that's a whole other animal. Um, but yeah, if you made it this far, then. Uh, Thank you. I don't know why you're <laughs> why you got this far, but you know, maybe you got nothing better to do. Uh, that's how highly <laughs> I think of us. <laughs> oh man. Uh, do you have anything? Don't promote us too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, you got anything to add? No, I mean, shit. I'm excited for Anton to open to become a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I think that's a great that's a great thing to end on. Anton Hudobin, you heard it here first. Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe winner.